Welcome to Alberta Conservation Association's Harvest Your Own podcast, the resource for everything hunting, navigating through the field, the butcher shop, and the kitchen. Life is all about great food. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Brad Fenson, an avid outdoor enthusiast who has worked as a freelance journalist, photographer, and public speaker for over three decades. I have hunted, fished, and foraged all my life and hope to share my passion for the outdoors. Along the way, I want to encourage everyone to harvest wild proteins and enjoy the satisfaction of providing the next meal for your family. Our goal is to educate, entertain, and inspire individuals to get outdoors and create a connection between food, health, and your future meals. Welcome to Harvest Your Own. Today, we have a special guest. I'd like to uh, welcome Fish and Wildlife Officer Cop. Uh, first-time hunters or people about thinking about getting into it are often nervous about the regulations and uh, have lots of questions. And today, we're going to go through some of that uh, basic material and dis- you know, discuss who a Fish and Wildlife Officer is, what their roles are, and go from there. So welcome to the show, Officer Cop. Well, thank you for having me. You know, I, in the introduction here, we talked about first-time hunters and uh, being nervous. Maybe you could just start by defining what a fish and wildlife officer is. Sure. So uh, fish and wildlife officers in Alberta are responsible for the enforcement of our uh, natural resource-related laws. So our hunting and fishing regulations um, are our main mandate. So ensuring that our resource users are following the hunting regulations and the fishing regulations. We also are responsible for all of uh, the human wildlife conflicts in Alberta. So any problem wildlife complaints dealing with uh, property or people and wildlife, we deal with those as well. I would imagine that can take up a lot of your time in different segments of the year. Uh, We're always busy. Uh, Unfortunately, we are uh, kind of few and far between. So there's only about 100 uniformed fish and wildlife officers for the entire province. So we cover vast areas. Our districts are large and, uh, and there's no lack of work between, uh, between the hunting and the fishing season and then dealing with our, our problem wildlife. We, we keep pretty busy. <laughs> no doubt. I've been enjoying <laughs> reading some uh, books from retired fish and wildlife officers and some of their tales about dealing with wildlife and things. And it's, uh, it's entertaining, but it became very obvious that it was a big part of the job. <laughs> You know what? And it's a, it's a very, uh, it's probably for me, I got into it. I got into fish and wildlife thinking that I was going to enjoy the enforcement most of it, but I've actually really come to love dealing with the problem wildlife aspects of it. We get to handle, uh, some pretty amazing creatures that, uh, definitely there's nothing kind of more satisfying and rewarding than tranquilizing an 800 pound moose in the city of Edmonton and relocating it and waking it up and watching it run off into the bush. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty neat. We get to do some pretty neat stuff. Absolutely. You know, for the for people that are getting into hunting and angling, there's lots of questions and sometimes there's a bunch of different titles that are confusing. What's a conservation officer, a fish and wildlife officer? Um, are they the same? Uh, So there are some differences. So we obviously get uh, asked this question a lot. And uh, so in Alberta, we have kind of um, a few different officers that are on the landscape that you can encounter when you're hunting or when you're fishing. So fish and wildlife officers, um, that's us. Our main mandate is fisheries and wildlife enforcement. 
we uh, were the guys in the green green uniforms, um, green shirts, green pants, uh, fish and wildlife on our truck. So that is our main mandate is fisheries and wildlife enforcement. So you'll see us out on the rivers, on the lakes, uh, in the backcountry, checking hunters and checking fishermen. Uh, we also have conservation officers in the province. So they work for environment and parks. Um, their main mandate is parks and protected areas. So uh, you'll see them probably in the backcountry on Crown Land. They're more looking for um, your off-highway vehicle users. Um, they're checking your backcountry camping passes. Um, they're dealing with uh, the Public Lands Act and, uh, and the Parks Act. Um, they also have fisheries and wildlife appointments, um, but that's not what their focus is. Uh, but they could also check you hunting and fishing. And then we also have uh, wildlife officers out there now that are employed by the federal government, uh, our federal counterparts that are out there enforcing the Migratory Birds Act. So if you're out bird hunting, you might encounter one of them. So there's a, there's a few people that you might, might run into while you're hunting. Right. So, and everyone's working for the betterment of the resource and making sure that things are well taken care of to not confuse things, but I believe you're also wearing a special patch on your uniform now indicating that you're a sheriff in Alberta. Yeah. So you might, uh, you might see us on our, on our load bearing vest. Some guys are, have a patch on there that says sheriff. So last October, uh, Fish and Wildlife Enforcement uh, integrated with the sheriff's branch. So now we are a service uh, within the sheriff's branch. So we all kind of fall under one, one branch. We, uh, we answer to one chief, the chief sheriff, but we're our own directorate within that branch. And so um, although the name has changed, and you may see that um, our mandate stays the same, there's no difference. We're still fish and wildlife officers. We're still out there uh, to protect our resource, just, uh, just might have sheriff on us. Just a little bit broader responsibility. Yeah, it, it really didn't change any of our responsibilities or any of our authorities, just kind of a way for, for government to streamline a few things and, and get get uh, all of their law enforcement partners that were in Solicitor General all under one roof. Excellent. Well, I think we've pretty much covered the role of a fish and wildlife officer. Um, is the, You know, we talk about problem wildlife, we talk about enforcement, but is a big part of the job also education? I would say that's probably the biggest part of our job and probably the most in, important part of our job. So, uh, you know, we, we know probably better than anyone that our, our fisheries and our wildlife regulations can be complex. They can be confusing. Um, they're not always clear. Uh, you know, every year you pick up your big book of regulations and, and you read through it trying to understand it, but, but it's not always clear and it's not always easy to understand. So we spend a lot of our time educating the public. We attend lots of public events to try to answer as many questions as we can. And we spend a lot of time talking to the resource users out there. Um, you know, we're always happy to have a conversation with, with the people that are out that we're dealing with and answer any questions that you have. I, I would much rather answer a question from a hunter and fisher prior to them going out and doing something and then me having to deal with them after the fact if, if they've made an error or if they've read the regulations wrong and now I'm having to deal with them on that side. I'd much rather answer the questions beforehand. Well, that's, I think that's a very positive way to look at it, and education benefits all of us. And like you said, the regulations can be very confusing, especially for someone that's just trying to get into it. There's an awful lot to read and absorb, and if you 
having grown up with it with a mentor and somebody to show you the ropes along the way. Not that that's always the best way to learn things, but uh, there's an awful lot to absorb uh, in a short period of time. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and you could, you know, hunting is great. We have so many great hunting opportunities in the province, but, you know, some of those hunting opportunities take a long time to access. You could wait eight, nine years to, to draw a bull tag for a moose in Alberta, right? So if you're not used to moose hunting and if you have questions about that and how the regulations pertain to that or sheep or or some of our other species where it takes longer to get drawn, then we're always happy to answer those questions beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched uh, the Fish and Wildlife officers at the Edmonton Boat and Sportsman Show, Calgary Sportsman Shows, uh, different uh, events in the province. Your booth and tables are always extremely busy. There's always a lineup, and, you know, I've, I, I listen to some of the conversations, but most of them are people are just trying to do things right, want more information, want an understanding of what's going on out there. Absolutely. And, and we realize, again, I say, you know, we're, we're kind of limited in our resources and there's only a hundred of us. So sometimes we're not easy to get a hold of. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, we've really reduced our number of offices that have our administration staff that, you know, can take messages, but those numbers are in, uh, the hunting regulations and the fishing regulations, you know, give our office a call, leave a message and our officers will do their best to get back to you and answer those questions. Yeah, that was one of my next questions is what do people do if they have a question and need a better understanding of a certain regulation rule or, or something else? Uh, I see you've got uh, social media pages on Facebook and you get lots of comments on there and often there's responses, but is there an online process or is the best way just to phone? Um, if it's strictly a regulation question, my first recommendation would be to call the Alberta Environment Parks Resource Centre. Their numbers in the hunting and fishing regulations. They have staff on at a call centre that are, that's what their whole job is, to answer those questions regarding regulations. If it's a question that you need an officer to answer, then the best bet is to contact one of our offices and, uh, and talk to our admin staff, leave a message for an officer and they'll get back to you. Um, Facebook, uh, our Facebook account is great. If you ask questions on there, our communications people that deal with it often will refer those questions to officers. Actually, in my role as the standards officer for the branch, I get probably 99% of those <laughs> questions addressed to me and then I respond to them. So, um, yes, that, you know, any way that you can to try to get a hold of us. And honestly, the best way is, is uh, if you see us in the field, stop us and have a conversation with us. We're always happy to have a chat. Awesome. I really enjoy the Facebook page. There's some great information on there and uh, some that's uh, very important messages for the public. There are different things going on and at different times of the year or with uh, problem wildlife. Uh, I, I think the messages that you're putting out and the, the answers that you give people are, are outstanding. Yeah, we're super proud of our of our Facebook page and, and the social media stuff that we put out. And there's some great videos on there um, that that we try to put our commonly asked questions on there and we get an officer to do a video. So there's there's videos on fishing regulations, hunting regulations, the sale of wildlife, problem wildlife, um, how to become a fish and wildlife officer. I did a video last year on that of our whole recruitment process and our training process that our officers go through. So um, have a look at that page. There's there's great information on there and some and some interesting videos on there. And it's just under Alberta Fish and Wildlife? Uh, Alberta Fish and Wildlife Enforcement, I believe. I, well, I believe that's right. 
This podcast is produced for Harvest Your Own, a program dedicated to those who want to reconnect with food and health through their experiences outdoors. HarvestYourOwn.ca is a resource for individuals to learn more about hunting and the outdoors. There's information to get you started and ensure that your compass stays pointed in the right direction to be successful. Where's your next meal coming from? Here's a, an interesting question for you. Um, I've had lots of family work in law enforcement, so I've had advice on this, but what happens when you're driving in your truck or car or your quad and all of a sudden those lights come on in your rear view mirror? What should a person do? Absolutely. And, and I get that uh, you see those lights and, and your heart kind of races <laughs> a little bit and uh, you're like, oh, no, what's going on? So uh, Fish and Wildlife, we conduct compliance checks um, at all times of the year, especially for in fishing season and hunting season. So you may see us and we may flash our lights at you and get you to pull over. Number one, pull over immediately to the, to the side of the road, the right side, like you would if you were stopping for a police officer. Um, and my advice is keep your hands where we can see them. We don't like seeing people wiggle around looking for documents. Um, you know, we are law enforcement officers and we don't always encounter uh, people who are always compliant with us. So if you just keep your hands on the steering wheel so that we can see that where your hands are at all times as we approach, we'll give you direction what we want you to do. When we approach the vehicle, we're going to ask you uh, for your hunting license or your fishing license, depending on the season. We're going to ask you for your driver's license, registration, insurance, just like uh, a police officer would. Um, we're going to ask to inspect your firearm. If you have a firearm with you, we're going to ask to inspect any game or fish that you have with you. And, and we're going to conduct our check that way. Um, for the most part, you know, if, if everything's good, it will take, you know, less than 10 minutes and you'll be on your way. And again, a good opportunity to ask any questions while we got you stopped there and have a conversation. We'll probably ask if you're seeing anything, how your day's going and, uh, and you'll be on your way. Yeah. I, I think it's important advice to go through that, uh, what I've always been told is turn your vehicle off, roll your window down, and keep your hands on the steering wheel because it can be just <laughs> as nerve-wracking for an officer walking up on a vehicle where you don't know what's going on in there. So you got to look at it from everyone's perspective, and it's just good advice, and I don't think a lot of people know that. So to get that message out, I think, is also important. Yeah, and I mean, especially if it's, if it's in those kind of dawn and dusk hours, you don't know who's stopping you, if it's a fish and wildlife officer, if it's an RCMP officer, if it's uh, a conservation officer, you know, there's lots, or, or a CPO or a community peace officer. So, you know, that's the best advice for any kind of person that's stopping you. As fish and wildlife officers, we're used to, you know, dealing with hunters and fishermen. So we're used to dealing with people who have firearms in their vehicles. Um, sometimes some of the RCMP members or the, the community peace officers, if they stop you and you have a, a gun beside you because you're out hunting, aren't used to that. So, you know, their reaction to your firearm in the vehicle may be a little different than ours. So it's just good common practice. Just don't be shuffling around in your vehicles. Keep your hands on the steering wheel, roll your window down, and then follow the direction of the officer who's dealing with you. Yeah, and again, you know, the checks, uh, the road checks in the during the hunting season as well, or when you get pulled over, it's all to protect the resource. And as hunters, when we're doing things correctly, we should uh, rejoice in the fact that we're getting pulled over. It means that people are out there taking care of things. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, again, uh, fish and wildlife officers are our friends. They're doing things that uh, 
we want within our fraternity and society, taking care of the resources, taking care of people. And I remember stopping at a, getting stopped at a road check with my son one time. It was his first year out hunting. And uh, he had been successful and shot a moose and a mule deer. And the officers went through everything with him. His tags, the game bags, looked at all the meat, told him that he did a great job. And it was a great learning experience. But it also helped, you know, settle him down nerve-wise in terms of dealing with enforcement. So the officers did things in an outstanding manner that changed his perspective in life in terms of how to deal with things like that in the future. It was a positive experience. Oh, and that's great to hear. And that's what we, that's obviously our end goal in any interaction that we have is to make it those positive experiences. Again, we're, we're few in numbers. And so the chances of you getting checked by a fish and wildlife officer are not always great. And we, we certainly hear that a lot that, you know, people don't, don't ever see us out there or they've never been checked by an officer and we do get lots of positive comments when we do check guys and they're like oh I've never been checked before but this is great I love to see you guys out there and uh and you know we love we love to check guys I love to check a a successful hunter who's you know got a deer in the back of their truck and and I want to have a look at that deer I'm you know happy to to see what's being harvested I'm a hunter myself so it's great to see that I love I love checking a first-time hunter that's got their first deer. There's nothing better than that, right? So uh, we certainly encourage that. And as long as, as everything's good and all the regulations are being followed, it shouldn't be, be an issue or a concern. Yeah, positive. It's always the positive part of it. Absolutely. Now, hunters and anglers can play, uh, general public too, can play a very important role to help fish and wildlife. Uh, there's a report a poacher program where if people see things, illegal activity, things going on that are questionable, they can call. But uh, what other advice would you have uh, for anyone that's in the field and see something, an infraction that's happening or people not doing things correctly? How, how should they deal with it? I honestly cannot stress the importance of our report a poacher line enough. I was super happy to be on your on your webpage, Brad, and see that logo at the bottom of the page because <laughs> that report a poacher line is our lifeline. Uh, again, as me as a as an officer, I could be the only officer who's working in this past hunting season. I was the only officer who's working for Edmonton, uh, Smoky Lake, Spruce Grove. There could just be me on covering thousands of kilometers of area. And if someone sees something happening, it's so important that they call in to that reporter poacher line and give us the information because we can't be everywhere at all times. Our hunting and fishing violations are unlike a lot of other crimes out there because they happen in places where people normally don't go or we don't have the opportunity to have a lot of witnesses. And our witnesses can't talk to us. You can't go and interview a herd of deer and ask who was shooting at you last night, right? So um, so it makes our job super complex. So we really rely on the public to provide us information. Um, our reporter poacher line is probably the number one way to do that. It's a 24-hour line. It's, it's staffed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 a year, days a year by trained operators. They're going to ask you questions. They're going to ask you uh, if you... What happened? If you have a description of the people who did it, if you can get vehicle descriptions, license plates, the more information that you can provide for us, the better opportunity we're going to have to to catch those people and to to make sure that they're not um, 
breaking our laws and wasting our resources. So we, uh, we ask you to gather as much information as you can. Obviously, we don't want you to put yourself at risk when you're gathering that information. So we'll never ask you to, you know, go after a vehicle or, um, or go and confront the people. That's our job. We, we are trained to deal with that. We are trained to deal with those people. We're not going to ask the public to do that. But as much information as you can provide, the better. And the quicker that you can get that information to us, the better. We hear all the time that guys will wait until, you know, they see something happen on a Saturday. Oh, we didn't think you were working this weekend. We didn't call till Monday morning. No, call that number immediately that those dispatchers that take that call will get a hold of an officer who's working. We always have someone working. And if we don't have someone working, we have someone who's on standby to take that call. So there's always someone who will take that information and, and will utilize that information. Our reporter poacher line, we have both the phone number and we actually have it uh, by email as well. So you can hit a link on your smartphone and you can submit the complaint um, by email which if you're fishing next to someone who's maybe uh, keeping too many fish and you don't want to, you know, talk on your phone and provide that information, then you can send it by an email and you're not having to, you know, let the guy know that you're on, on the line with the game warden at that time. So, um, yeah, as much information, best descriptions that you can get us, best location you can get us, and we'll get an officer out there. It is very good advice because – People at uh, poachers are basically stealing from all of us. They're stealing from Absolutely. our families, our friends, Albertans. There's lots of reasons why we respect our wildlife. And uh, being extra eyes in the field is important. Uh, the point that you made about uh, descriptions and information, that's really critical too. I have actually phoned report a poacher twice, which led to charges and convictions. And uh, glad I did it. I, you know. I'll be honest, I was nervous with uh, one of the people that was there because he turned out to be a pretty, uh, he, he had a record, put it that way. So, you know, it, right. it can make you nervous, but the more information you take down from the time of day and what's going on and what they're wearing or even just a vehicle description or a license plate can make a huge difference. Absolutely. And we have access to, you know, all of the license plate databases. We have a database of our own that we can utilize. So, the more information you can give us, we can do the investigation. And, uh, and yeah, if the information that you provide through the report of poacher line leads to a conviction, then you're eligible for a reward. And so that's where, you know, some of the money that you contribute when you buy hunting and fishing licenses goes to uh, the Alberta Conservation Association who provides our reward money. And we can, uh, we can you know, compensate people for providing us with good information that leads to a conviction. Excellent program. Uh, it's an amazing program. Like I said, we're 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 fairly dead in the water without it. Unfortunately, um, we just we can't be everywhere, and we cover such large areas. and And that report of poacher uh, line is how we get our information to know where we need to spend our time, and and how we can catch those people that are, you know, um, making those resources not there for everyone else. This podcast was made possible by Alberta Conservation Association and the Harvest Your Own community. If you're interested in harvesting your own food, there's a comprehensive collection of information to gain insight and knowledge, head to the field, harvest your own protein, prepare it, and taste the results. HarvestYourOwn.ca is a library of information from getting started and geared up to processing, butchering, and cooking wild game to make the connection between health, 
and food. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. I'm going to ask you, what are the most common questions that you get from, from hunters? Uh, probably our most common questions are those, those regulation questions and, uh, and you know, clarification and understanding on, on those. Um, we also get questions as to, you know, how the regulations are made. Um, and I think that that's important to understand. So, uh, Fish and Wildlife Officers work for Alberta Justice and Solicitor General. And the people who make our hunting and fishing regulations work for Alberta Environment and Parks. So that's our, our Fish and Wildlife Management, um, team that works for Environment and Parks. Our biologists, they're the ones who make the regulations, we're the ones who enforce them. So we we commonly get asked questions on regulations or why the regulations are the way they are or uh, why we made those regulations. Well, you know, unfortunately, they're, we're not the ones who are making the regulations. We're the ones who are enforcing the regulations. We do have always constant communication with our biologists and with our fisheries management team, and they ask for input on regulations. But ultimately, they're the ones who make the regulations and we're the ones who enforce them. Right. So if you have a question about, you know, can I shoot from the side of a road or do I have to be inside the fence or, you know, is it only on maintained roads? That's a great question to take the fish and wildlife and ask and uh, get clarification on. Absolutely. And, uh, and the answer to that is it depends. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's of course where our, where our hunting regulations get a little complicated because you can shoot from the road if you're hunting game birds and if it's not a paved road and uh so there's some certain situations where you can shoot from the road <laughs> if it's a paved maintained highway no you cannot shoot from the road and you need to go down past 20 feet past the edge of the road and then you can shoot as long as you've got permission on that property to hunt so there you go <laughs> right so there's always lots of uh, things that you have to figure out before you go in the field and i guess one piece of advice I'd like to give is if you're out in the field and something happens, like you come across a deer and it's standing there, but you don't know if you can shoot, don't. You know, if you're unclear on things and uh, you're you're faced with a situation in the field, you need clarification before you actually go through with any type of action to harvest an animal. So if you're unclear, make sure you just pause, enjoy the encounter, get the information, and you'll know exactly where you stand the next time you're out. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, as a hunter, you're responsible for everything that happens after you pull that trigger. So if you're if you're in the field and you've already got almost your limit of ducks and you need one more, but you pull that trigger and you shoot, shoot two more. Well, guess what? You're you're responsible for that one duck that you're now over your limit. Or if you're not sure that that's a mule deer uh, and it could be a white tailed deer, then exactly that. Pause. Um and and don't take that risk. The, it just it doesn't uh, it doesn't end well. Usually, um, it makes life complicated. Uh, and if you do have one of those days where you pulled the trigger and you come up to your deer and it's not the species that you have a license for, then phone the report the poultry line. Have a conversation with an officer. An officer may came, come out. They may seize the deer. Um, you may be charged. You may not be charged, but it's better that you turn yourself in for that 
then we get a call from the public saying that there's now a shot in left deer in the field or this guy's now got a mule deer and he only had a white tail tag and now we have to enter an investigation on it. Yeah, actually that was my next question and I think that is very important advice because uh, if something happens in the field and you know you're in the wrong, you're better off to be proactive about it, take responsibility and uh, it's a lot better often getting stopped on the way home was something that you shouldn't have. Uh, phoning in in advance gives you a chance to deal with it uh, in a different manner. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it gives us, we're, we're going to conduct our investigation the same way, but it, get, it gives us as officers the opportunity to collect all the information and we're collecting it directly from you. So um, for the most part, you know, chances are you, you may you're probably going to lose your animal um, just because you can't be in possession of that if you didn't have a license for that. Um, you may get issued a written warning. Um, sometimes you may get charges, but, you know, we'll always have a conversation with the Crown and, and um, all of that information gets presented to the courts that you were the one who called yourself in, that you you did the right thing by letting us know rather than hiding it or, or ha- us having to enter an investigation after the fact. We're very fortunate in Alberta to have some programs and special days where we have uh, we can we can take youth out to introduce them to hunting. So our provincial hunting day is one of those where they can hunt game birds and and different things in the province. Um, do you have any messages about that in terms of how people should approach it and what they should do to to introduce people to hunting? Absolutely. Well. I- Number one, and it's a requirement, um, is take the hunter education course from IHEA. Um, it's a great course. Uh, it introduces you to uh, regulations, wildlife identification, safety tips, and that's, that's the number one thing. Make sure that you've got your hunter ed and that uh, you've taken that course because that's going to expose you to some great information and start you on the right foot for your hunting journey. Um, if you can... Go out with an experienced hunter, with a mentor hunter. Um, there's lots of programs out there that you can utilize, and uh, and that's a great way to get out into the field. Um, but but get out. Let, there's nothing, you know, a, a bad day hunting is better than your best day at work. Isn't that what they say, right? Yes, it um, is. <laughs> get out in the field and enjoy it. We're, we're so fortunate in our province to have the opportunities that we have, to have the 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 landscape that we have and the game that we have and and there's nothing better than just getting out and and seeing our wildlife seeing our our resources that we have and if you don't shoot anything or if you don't catch a fish who cares (laughs) it's a great day outside absolutely we're actually blessed in alberta most people in the world especially north america dream about coming to alberta to experience the great outdoors we live here, we get to enjoy it often, and uh, sometimes we overlook that fact. So you are uh, hit the nail on the head when hunting's more than harvesting an animal. It's about the entire experience, being out there, soaking it all in, the sights, sounds, smells. Uh, you know, As an officer, you get to see a lot of that, uh, the leaves turning color and the smell of cranberries in the fall. If you have never been in the forest uh, to experience that, you're, you're missing out on it. Oh, I mean, there's, we are so fortunate so fortunate to have what we have and and i i have the best job in the world i get paid to drive around um the places that most people go on vacation or go when they take days off um that's that's my office right 
um, I, you know, I get to, to look at hawks and eagles and deer and moose and bears and coyotes and lynx and marten for a living. That's, that's my job is I go out and I look at wildlife. Like it's, there's nothing better. <laughs> no, nope, I would say so. Do you have any last words of advice for our listeners uh, from the Fish and Wildlife Branch, from the officers? Get out there. Get out into the field. Um, utilize the opportunities that we have in this great province. Have a conversation with an officer. If you see one, stop us. Talk to us. We we love to talk to the public. We love to, to have conversations with um, hunters and anglers and resource users. For the most part, all of us. That, that work for Fish and Wildlife or most of us are also fishers, hunters, and resource users. So we love to, to have conversations. We love to see the pictures of the things that you've hunted or the fish that you've caught um, and hear your stories. And we'll share stories with you as well. So uh, feel free to stop us, have a conversation with us. Um, we're people like everyone else. Sometimes the uniform is a little bit intimidating and the more gear that we seem to get to carry, we look more like police tactical officers than we do game wardens, but, but underneath it all, we're still the same and we're still just, uh, just people that are out there all trying to protect the resource. So great advice. And I hope that I can run into you in the field this fall, stop you and uh, see some of your pictures and share a couple with you myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Brad. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. It's a great message is important. Uh, just how to deal with fish and wildlife when we encounter them in the field. And just remember, they are our friends. They are there to help <laughs> us enjoy our experience and to protect our resources. Absolutely. We hope to inspire people to reconnect with nature and appreciate where your food comes from by harvesting your own. For more information on getting started or to learn specifics about the Field to Fork experience, visit harvestyourown.ca and follow on Facebook and Instagram. Check back often for new material, recipes, and videos that are posted regularly. Please subscribe to Harvest Your Own Podcast and take the time to rate and review the show to help us build a dedicated core of passionate hunters as our regular audience. Until next time, embrace the outdoors and all it has to offer. Thanks for joining us.